0: Hi friends, I'm Jennifer Thomas.
1: And I'm Andrea Baer. We're so glad you're back with us for season two on the Morning Glory podcast as we dive deeper into the concepts of not only grief and loss, but also how our Catholic faith brings us closer to God.
0: We hope you will join us on this journey to morning glory.
1: Sometimes we ask God, why? Why do I suffer? why do you allow me to go through these hard moments? And often the answer we hear is not what we expect. As you can tell from last week's episode with Chris Curtis, a man who for many years used his vices, alcohol, drugs, as a way to empower himself. Something he admits began a crutch and justified his purpose and gifts. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the beginning of the story, I'd encourage you to go back and hear where we started the conversation and where it began. But this week's episode, we're going to revisit and talk to Chris, and we're going to answer that why. And we're going to delve in why God allowed him to go through his own struggles. Why did Chris have to endure all those years of alcohol abuse, drugs, women, food addiction, until he could still fully rely on his gifts for God's glory and not his own. So I'm excited to hear the rest of the story. I hope you'll tune in. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Chris Curtis's journey, part two, from morning to glory.
2: So what I learned, um, On August 26th of 2022, I went into a a basic training at Mastery and Transformational Training. And I had known some people that were in it. You you get signed up through people. Um, It's not open to the public. And um, although you can enroll yourself into it if you're good enough. And the trainer who's a world-class psychologist was like, some of you don't even know why you're here. Some of you didn't even pay. You know, somebody paid for you, and you're <laughs> here and you're going, What the hell am I getting into? All these people, this guy's a this guy's got a sharp accent. He's you know, where and he goes, Well, you're here um for self-discovery and self-awareness. Yeah. And I just like a light bulb came on, right? I'm like, man, this is right where I need to be right now. Like I always knew my whole life, even under the influence, even to the worst circumstances through everything in my life, I knew that I belonged somewhere else, like individually. Like I knew I was gifted. I I knew like like I was special. Like even though I have a hard time receiving that and celebrating it, I knew. Yeah. But I just didn't know like where does that
0: come from, right? How do you use that? Yeah. Where are you supposed to use that? Yeah.
2: Well what I learned in this work is that it comes from within. Mm-hmm. We all have it. And um, so it's being the change that you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was a little boy, before I even took that first drink, I wrote that I wanted peace in the world. I wrote that down on something at St. Luke's. It's it's probably in a box that I'm about to go through in my garage. I'm I'm starting to work on that now. And um the peace is within everything that we is in us is reflected in every human being that we come in contact with. We're all mirrors of each other because there's one commonality is that we are human beings. Yeah. That's that's the only commonality that's the i mean you know how long have you been married
0: 20 years now
2: right 20 years right and you may think you know what kevin's thinking you may think you know but in all actually you don't no you really don't know what he's thinking. and this has been a common thing i've studied because like since i was a little boy i had this dream of like the white pickup fence, the wife and the kids and it's i've never even been in a romantic relationship yeah. like a committed one right Yeah. But in, Whatever, hundreds of relationships.
0: And but not a soul relationship. No, not not, you
2: know, a real committed relation, you know. Yeah. And so um, exclusive commitment. And um I've always asked people that have been married 20, 30, 50 years, like, what's the key? And they're like, not worrying what the other person's thinking. And it like clicked one day in this training, like in this first week, and I'm like, I don't give a Nothing about what anyone else is like, like, what am I thinking? Yeah. That's the fact. And so when I start thinking the wrong way, then that's when I get that, that I know I'm in my own will. Yeah. And then I get to get into God's so way. I get to ground myself. I get to, I get to just, just breathe ground myself in gratitude. Yeah. That I'm actually there to breathe through that of all the people the, the Debbie Capinas, the Danette Curtises, you know, the Tom Simmonses, the the Bobby Wyatt's, the the Jimmy Kozad's, all those people, Jeannie Gayas, right? Jocelyn. Uh these are
0: all the people that these we are all, lost yeah. over the course of the These are all
2: home. yeah, losses that that we share. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the gratitude that that there's a reason, there's a purpose for me to be here in real time. To share something with the human being. And and so as this process has been going on over the last year, (laughs) I I committed to, when I I was done, there's a basic training that's three days. There's a five-day advanced training Mm -hmm. that digs really deep. And then there's a four-month leadership process that goes along with it. And you're with the team. So I did all that. And then I got invited back to coach a team. Wow. And that was kind of a privilege where they got together, the director and a bunch of people and were like, he doesn't even need to go to the staffing. Like coach is coach. He's a coach. You're already a coach. Yeah. That's right? what, yeah. That's <laughs> what they're saying. And I'm like, well, I need this. Like, you like, yeah. oh, no, I need this. This is beautiful, you know? And so I made a commitment and I started coaching. And at first I was like, man, this is tough. My whole life I coached. And I was cramming information and motivating and, you know, cussing people out and like getting, you know, like whatever angle it was. to. Get. And that's not how you coach human beings. No. You, you ask
0: questions. You evoke. Each person has it within them. What is it that they want? You consider the human spirit, the soul within.
2: Yeah. It's the soul within. And so, so it was the most beautiful experience of my life. For four months, I coached this team. It's a Legacy Program 197 from MITT and as i was coaching these humans 41 of them completed and i had five teammates and a captain so six others and a director every time i coached i was coaching myself yes and so the the, the whole circle came full circle and the the like the growth and 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 all this and then um, the more losses
0: are coming. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna stop you really quick because what you said is really powerful because you know, I'm a teacher as well. One of the things they teach you in your credential is the best students are teachers. And you really learn more through your teaching, you become a better student because of that. And and so that's really powerful what you said.
2: Yeah. I mean and people are like, really? I'm like Dude. Yeah, because like I said um one of my coaches that coached me um she taught me about compassion
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I had to look up the definition of what she told me and then I was like wow and she's like she's like you need to start being compassionate to yourself yeah you know this is like probably about 15 six, about 15 months ago mm-hmm. and so when I was in the middle of coaching you get a lot of acknowledgement You also get a lot of feedback, and one of the young ladies I was coaching, she said, "You're the most compassionate man I've ever met." And I was like, "Like wow! Like to be able to embody that Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time. Once again, that's God. Yeah, because God is alive in each one of us." And so, so is the devil. Yes. And so the question is, is, and and the biggest learning that I've taken away from emotional intelligence is, is that the voice in our head that never stops is our ego. Yes. And what it is, is for me, it's the demons. It's all the stories, which 90% of those stories never happened. Or they're never gonna happen. But in my mind, I'm creating the story based off my childhood, based off my choices, based off my experiences.
0: But it's not you talking. No, it's not.
2: And so that's the lesson, that's the learning now. And um, at one point during my Legacy 190, Mighty 190 Legacy team, uh, a gentleman who's uh, fighting for his life, waiting for a kidney. He became my teammate and he now lives in my apartment in LA and we're really fighting, fighting with them together with his health. And, um, he said, man, you're not all, you're not all in coach. You're not playing all in. I said, what are you talking about? Man? I'm not all in. I'm coaching everyone. I'm coaching myself. I'm humble. That's not you yeah, yeah, haven't shared. So shared, what, bro, I'm crying all the time. People think I'm a weirdo. You haven't shared where your power comes from. Wow. It comes from the cross that you're wearing, bro. I always see you grab it. I always see you pause, pray. You pray over me. Like, like you pray for people. That's where your power comes from, bro. And he goes, he goes, how come you haven't shared that with the team? And I go, I feel like I might overwhelm some of these people, you know? There's a lot of people that don't even believe in God, bro. And he goes, that's why you get to share. Because because it isn't about them. Yeah. It's about you. That's your experience. That's why you're where you're at. So I shared one night on Zoom, because I was a Zoom player, because this goes on in LA. And within four hours, thirteen people called me and they wanted to know more.
0: Really? Wow. You know, and,
2: and maybe only half of those people I still have a relationship with, but there was power in that and,
0: and that was God. Well, and you see your hesitation to not share. That's not from God. That's pulling you back and saying, Oh, I don't want to offend people. And I don't want to, you know, or they're going to think I'm a weirdo, but really that's, that's the enemy telling you not to. And look what happens when you do, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that what I love about your story and this, like I, as I'm listening, I'm it's a lot of affirmations for me personally too. Because uh, it's so easy. We live in this very secular world where we're taught to separate God or, you know, people who who are God fearing are judgmental and they're, you know, we're all sinners. We're all imperfect. And yet we have tried to remove God from every aspect of our life and say we're in charge. And everything in your story has all been about you're not in charge, right? That everything that you've accomplished has been from relying on him, being surrendering to him. And so, how can you not acknowledge that, right? That's like going up and receiving the Academy Award and you're going up for your thank you speech, but you don't thank the producer and you don't thank the, you know, conductor and you don't thank all the people that got you there. If you don't thank God for every grace and every, you know, then, then you're not fully in that recovery. That's so cool that he spotted that from you. Yeah, you know? he, he
2: did. It was, it was crazy. And, um, he just told me like two weeks ago, like he said, I'm going to, I'm going to go on and tell you something else. He said, man, when you come down to LA every weekend, he's like, then you come up in here like a boss, bro. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, I, I know your faith. I know your humbleness. I know your God and how you've shared it now. And I was like, that's god bro yeah. I, I wasn't act I wasn't like this a year ago. I didn't have that confidence mm-hmm. now a lot of it has to do with you know as you know to my journey with my weight, yeah and finally surrendering to you know the abuse and getting the surgery and yeah. then um getting down you know from six o seven to two eighty yeah is is what the main thing now i've I've gone back up and a lot of it's muscle and all that, but anyway um. It just, it was a different look. It was from somebody who, you know, whenever I, whenever I like want to whine, I call it whining. A lot of people just whine and complain all the time. Yeah. Uh, it, It really like, I really think like, wow. But I think about Reggie. That's my friend, you know, Reggie. I'm thinking like, okay, now if I've been told five times in five years, I had a month or two to live and they had me on a cocktail of 20 pills a day and I'm waiting on a kidney, and I'm still fighting, like, like, dude, stop whining. You know, that's your homeboy, you know? Yeah. So so when I, a little backdrop on Reggie. So, so um, and this is important because it's God. Like, this guy is about God, right? Yeah. His faith is what's keeping him alive. His kidneys are working at less than 10%, but he's still living. And when we went into the training, this guy had a hoodie on. All night, all day and night Friday, and all day and night Saturday in the training. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this dude's gonna shoot the place up. You know, <laughs> this is how I think, right?
0: Yeah,
2: you've think, seen a lot, so yeah. you could
0: probably say that's true, right? right? And I'm
2: like, man, this dude. And then, and then I met this other, this other guy, in there, this white dude, Reggie's, Reggie's uh, uh, African American now. And I'm like, either one of these two dudes is gonna shoot the place up. This, this, this guy's from the Midwest. He's a freaking militant, you know. And then I got in a group with him, and I was like, "Okay, he's okay, he's okay, he's just yeah, he's just one of the Midwest weirdos, right?" And me and him, me and him <laughs> are like this now, we're tight. So Saturday at lunch, another team comes in, goes, "Hey, you live in, you have an apartment in Hollywood, right?" And I go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm in North Hollywood. You think you could take Reggie home? He lives in, he lives, in, and so we did the addresses. Was like, oh, he's about five miles from you." Oh, sure, no problem. I well, at that time (laughs) in my life, I still packed a gun. From the time I was 13 until about four or five months ago, I had had a gun at all times. Yeah. Always in my car, loaded, all that. So I'm like, hey, yeah, hold it, man. So I went out. I got my gun right into the side of my thing. I'm like, you know, this dude, this, yeah, I haven't seen him take his hood off yet.
0: You haven't even seen his face. No, I mean, kind of, but,
2: you know, like, dude, take your hood off, bro. Mm -hmm. You're in a train. We get into my car, he takes his hood off. And he goes. You are one of the greatest leaders I've ever met in my life, and I've been to 120 countries because he did traveling before that set. Travelled with groups. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? And I, go, I haven't even. I've only spoke to her. Them times. And he goes. You spoke three times in two days, and even the even Rodrigo, the director, was like, like looking at you, like you you commanded the room, bro, like. Like, man, you're like like God is sent you here, bro. He's like, he goes, I know God. And then he started telling me. He's like, they told me four years ago I have two months to live. And he's like, here I am, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So I had my gun. I like, put my gun on. My <laughs> I was like, wow. And then I was like, I had to believe him. This <laughs> dude didn't know me. No. But God, right? God you was probably felt present. As present. Yeah. God was present in that moment. And I was like, man, like, I am gifted. I'm like I'm gifted. And then we went back in the next day and I, uh, I had already called my business partner and told him I need to be off. But I was like, man, I'm committed to this work. Like, yeah. like I, I got saved in Texas in 09. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I was raised Catholic as you well know. Yeah. Um my catholic roots are deep and strong i got saved became a born-again christian um i often uh talk a little crap to my mom like those charismatic catholics uh those weirdo filipinos that were in the gym at saint luke's those are my people mom <laughs> because uh, because christian christianity especially non-denominational like i celebrate yeah. are pretty much charismatic catholics yes you know and so we're all of one you know congregation. We're all of you know believers in Jesus.
0: We can't look at every Christian denomination and automatically pass a judgment because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same for God. And like you said earlier, you don't know what's going through my mind and nobody else did. Only God knows the desires of everyone's heart. So, you know, I I'm kind of one of those where Yes, I am a, a true Catholic. I, I like my sacraments. I like my prayers and my devotions. But at the same time, I can't deny somebody else their their love for God if they don't practice it in the same manner. I'm not going to ostracize them or ridicule them if they don't do it the same way. If God wants to bring them and to know the fullness of the Catholic faith, to know the Eucharist, he will meet them there. And that's kind of the, like the word I hear all the time is, is God is going to meet you where you are. Everybody, he's going to meet them the way that they that we hear that, and we he speaks to us the way we speak. Your song is going to be different than my song, so I I totally think that's perfect. I love that, and I love that you're talking about that. You know, I mean, they're they're starting to become my people too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, dude,
2: you know, my mom's the old throwback Italian Catholic. Yeah, she wasn't having
0: that, mm-hmm.
2: and I used to ask her like. What are, what are these, you know, as I was a little boy, right? Oh, yeah, don't don't go in there. You don't want to go in there, you know. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. And now I, I, I've teased her, and she'll get upset now if I get really funny about it. <laughs> but that's the truth. And so um, I don't know why I went there with that, but what I did is, is that, you know, Reggie is the same one that, you know, later in our training was like, you, you saw share. God. Yeah, I, he was I, present. Yeah, That's yeah, what
0: we were talking about. Yeah. He, God was present in that. And whatever you guys were saying was you could, you could feel God's presence. It was so strong. I
2: remembered in that moment that I had a ball player that I deal with now that, uh, he, his name's Ray Bell. He's, uh, He's got kids and family and, um, he runs the Buffalo Wild Wings. He played ball for me. And, um, I remember, um, as he got into his adulthood, he came to my heart all the time when he was like a teenager and then into his young adult, he'd say like, coach, man, you got a gift. man. like, like, like you got a gift, man. Like, you know, um, cause there was times when I would like not be all in, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was whatever it was because of, I don't know. But right when Reggie said that to me, it was clear that so God had been running through Ray. You know, like, like there was this circle. And so from getting saved in 09 in Texas, I couldn't get clean. Uh-huh. I got clean in 14. <clears throat> and through this journey, um, i realized that the first three steps are pertinent and it's you know it's it's god it's recovery and now it's transformational training these three things are all in a circle they all go hand in hand they're catapults they're they work together for our common good and um so That is why I knew there was another place and I found it now. And my trainer, who's a very prophetic man of God, at one point was like, you're part of a secular cult. <laughs> I was like, you're probably right. But you know what? There's a purpose for me being there. Yeah. And some things have happened in this arena and around this, And And I know
0: for a fact that that's why God brought me to that arena. Well, you're like St. Paul. I don't know if you know St. Paul's story. St. Paul is, you know, he was a very zealous Jew um, and he persecuted Christians, but he was also well-rounded. He was very knowledgeable, super intelligent. He um, could speak multiple languages. And finally, Jesus reveals himself. He blinds him for three days till he completely is purified. And then once he does, he becomes one of the greatest speakers in the Bible. And he evangelized because he had all those gifts. So really maybe this is that your gifts were dormant, so that you could use them for the right time.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's happening right now. Like, um, I know I got a call last night about coaching another team. And like, uh, like, my business is booming right now and I've made some decisions like to commit to that. Yeah.
0: So for everybody listening, uh, Chris is also has a very successful business that he started with a partner and they do air conditioning throughout California. So it's all the yeah. way from Northern California down to what? Bakersfield
2: or uh, we're all the way. We're the whole state now and we're actually in 14
0: other states. It's called coaches HVAC. So it he does heating and air conditioning and um, all of this is through the grace of God. Cause none of this existed. You know, like until what, I think after your addiction or like right at the end?
2: During, during the middle of it, I got introduced to heating and air. Yeah. So it was a battle all the way through the early years. Um, And then I got my license, but didn't really use it. And then when I got clean, somebody said, well, what are you going to do? Because I was growing pot and selling a lot of uh, pot in, in, in that industry. I said I'm going to start selling air conditioners, yeah. like I've been doing all my other hustles, and I just made a commitment. Yeah. And that's what I've learned. Um, the The key word is commitment, and um, you know, um, as quiet as it's kept, like God is committed to every single one of us. Hundred, it's one thousand percent constant. We never have to look for it. It's. God is in us. Yeah. And so um, what are we committed to? You, see, you used a word earlier, obedience. Mm-hmm. And I constantly go back to that word because um, self-discipline is the greatest form of, of love, self-love. Yeah. And we are a temple, right, of God. And God is gave, gives us this life. So, like, who are we being obedient to, you know? Ourselves, yeah. or are
0: we being obedient to God,
2: yeah, or, or both,
0: right? Like, like, how is this working? Like,
2: okay, wow, if I, you know, how if I'm obedient to God over and over, who gets the results? Yeah, I get them,
0: and but I, he gets them too, yeah,
2: the glory, and then and then that just it's a ripple, yeah, it just ripples everywhere, you know, it's, it's like you see the rock thrown in the water, right? The ripple,
0: yes, and
2: that's what the effect of my sobriety and. Now into emotional intelligence and dealing with, with death and grieving and celebrating. And um, now that I can speak with a little like, like enthusiasm. So um, I was scheduled to go to New York, to go to the East Coast on December 25th, which was five days after Dina passed away. Okay, And everyone was like, you're going? And I was like, you think she would not want me to go? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, She
2: would demand that I go. So I went, so I went and um, on New Year's Eve I'm walking because there's nothing going on. It's cold. Yeah. There's nothing even set up at Times Square. But I'm walking Times Square and I'm like, Dead. I'm like screaming out and I'm like having this conversation with her. People are looking at me like I'm nuts. So there's a lot of other nutty people <laughs> in New York. and I
0: just have this visual in my head. Yeah. And,
2: and, and, <laughs> and, and it was I was talking to her and I was talking to Bobby Wyatt. See, Bobby Wyatt had known Danette from, uh, what is the uh, Wizard of Oz played at Edison.
0: Oh, really? From when she was in
2: high school and he was younger. All of my buddies, like, did, you know, Stockton, right? Food yeah. Bus, you know, all this Everybody, knows everybody. everybody yeah. knows everybody. Yeah. And so, um, I spent, you know, bringing, I brought into, you know, the year 21, um, having a conversation. And I knew at that point, I knew I was clear that her spirit would live through me and I get to see it every day at work. You know, her daughter, Lexi, runs my yeah. company. Um, and I see it through her daughters, all three of them. But it's alive and well in me. Yeah. And, and so that's why, you know, with her... Um, the dash you know, all
0: these things Yeah. that she. Um, Danette loved this poem called the dash and I'll, I'll actually look that up and, and I think I'll post that on our social media because that's a, a beautiful, and I remember Danette really loved that. Um, but it talks about the, that it's not important of when we are born or when we die, it's the dash in between that really how we live our lives. So, um, you know, I, I hear everything that you are saying, Chris, and you're speaking so strongly about, you know, everything that we do here has a purpose. And really, like, if if we think about it, even though our loved ones have gone, they're here with us, not just from our memory, but, you know, their soul goes on, their soul lives on, it has never died. And I think that is where, when you finally start to recognize that you're living this life with purpose so that you can be there with them one day and our souls are reunited. You know, I mean, for me, that has been a big part of, of my faith journey is knowing that this is not the end, you know, and being okay with struggles, being okay with some of the suffering and being okay with the uncomfortableness. Now mine's going to look obviously very different than yours, but it's, it's, it's recognizing that, you know, and, um, and and you talk about that, you know, the the obedience and I'm, now I'm drawing the blank on the word that I need to. Um, but we're t- you know talking about that like the complete, you know. So I I I'm so proud of you for the change that you have made. You know, I want to bring this up really quickly about. I think it's harder. This is my opinion and from what I've gathered for men to have these kind of conversations. And and you have come to a place where you're full circle, you're having them so openly and so candidly. Have you found in your, you know, your coaching basketball, your coaching with um, you know, emotional intelligence that men are more receptive because of your your journey and because of your experience? Or do you feel like it's 50-50?
2: It's twofold. Um. It's opening up space for men to become vulnerable because that's where our true power is at. Yeah. Is in our vulnerability. And um part of the setting is um the masculine and feminine, which yeah. every human being has both in them. Yeah. How do how does that come out? How are you acting it out? And then the biggest thing for me is that um we didn't talk a lot about this, um, but it's really prevalent in my life, is that um Well, I did. I talked about the lack of a, you know, committed romantic relationship.
0: That was the word commitment. Commitment. That was the word I was looking for.
2: You know, um, it's to me, it's everything, you know, what are you committed to? Yeah. You know, um, now that's, you know, now like moving forward, that's everything. Like, what are you committed to? Okay. Well, if that's what you're committed to, then cool. Yeah. Um, so what I've been able to do, um, um, through my addictive personality and my lifestyle, um, I was a womanizer. And when I looked up the definition, because some young lady said you're just a womanizer. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I'm a sweetheart. I'm a teddy bear. I looked up the definition and I was, right. I was having multiple relationships with multiple women, like, you know, like, you know, out of, you know, sexual sin, just all that stuff. Right. And so, um, I was being a human, like, on, on a really worldly level. And now that I have an understanding, like, I'm holding this space for women, starting with my sister and all my nieces, yeah. which there's 14 of them total. They're all girls. I, I was the last boy until my cousin Sarah just had a son. Um, Still the last boy on this side. And through coaching and through uh the experience of you know you're the most compassionate man well that's god that's god like putting me back into a space. and i know uh my desire to have children um i know that god's gonna bring me a daughter he's gonna bring me a daughter so i can show her how a man is to treat their mother to show her uh that you know how she is to be as a as a woman yes. in this
0: world how to be treated how to be
2: treated what to accept what not, not to accept um how to carry yourself how to be confident you know how to be you know how to do everything you know do it all yeah um and to just hold that space and so that to me is God again and that's what i've seen is that ability for me to be able to do both like uh and i've noticed it with my business partner joey like he acknowledged me on thanksgiving he's like like whoa you know like uh there this is different yeah you know like like obviously he was with me when i was using and then he saw me get clean and then he seen me get to this point and now he's seen this last you know 16 months and like man you know i was like i'm not stopping like and there's one thing that, that I want people to understand is that this is a journey. We do not know, we're not guaranteed anything out here. No. And I tell this story and people kind of frown on it and I don't care. I can leave here right now on my way to the gym and a, and a, a lady can be rushing her child to the hospital, run a stop sign and kill people. Okay. Is she doing anything wrong? No, she's protecting her child. Was I doing anything wrong? No, but it happened. There's a tragedy. That, that happens. It happens. In, in moments, all the time, it's happened. Right now, it's happened somewhere in the world. Yeah. That has happened. So with that said, um, there's no destination. There's no, um, I, I compare it to a staircase. I call it my staircase to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, right? once i take a step up i'm not ever going back to that step it might take me a minute to even get my toe on the next step right i don't know and sometimes i'll dance and falter and on this step but i'm not going back down yeah, I'm not. but i'm definitely going to go you know in some days i might be able to walk four five six i might just be able to walk a whole flight yeah and then other days, I may not even be able to get my toe to that next
0: one. But as long as I can stay on that step that I'm at now, the journey will continue.
1: Yeah,
0: now, but you're in that step right I'm, now. You're not there yet, so you've yeah. got to be present. You got to. You have
2: to be present. That's why life, the present, is a gift. Yeah. Right. The present, like in this that's moment. Why they call it a gift. Yeah, that's why they call it a gift, and that's why we say that. The stories that our ego and that are, you know, and that we're conditioned through education, through TV, social media, we're conditioned. The lights are flashing. They're for a reason. They're hitting our do- dopamine. They're they're affecting us. And if we become aware of that and we are like, no, no, we just decipher through all those chaos and contradictions that are being created, then we just continue the journey.
0: Well, and it's, it's, um, Ephesians six, you know, putting on the armor of God, that this is not a war between human and human. This is Mm. a war between principality, you know, that this is a a war that we can't even see. And so this is why we have to depend on God so much, Mm. you know? So I, your story is still like, I, I, I still can't fathom everything that you have been through and you're coming out on the end and you're now going to be, you're this coach, you're helping so many people, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm listening and you're saying words that I needed of affirmation in my own walk and just, especially the present part. So, uh, Jennifer and I have a word of the year and hers is surrender Mm. and mine is steadfast. Mm. And it's not because of, um, that I'm, trying to get to the end goal, which is always my goal. I'm a, I'm a doer. I am always goal setting. And this year, it's not about the goal. It's more about the steadfast of the consistency, the obedience, the discipline, but being the constant in the now is thank you. And that is the hardest thing for me is to be a beer. And I'm, I'm going on a retreat this weekend to just be, you know, it's like, I wasn't going to share any of that, but I'm, you know, it's just the B and being amongst God, being amongst his presence, uh, being for him to utilize me, whatever gifts he has. So everything that you're saying is just like full confirmation, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm I'm so proud of you. you. And I'm going to say this just from my own personal place. My mom was one of your biggest fans and she is still, she is an intercessor, she is looking out for you. Danette is an intercessor for you. Um, you know, all of our loved ones are waiting for us and they're they're rooting us on. We've got yeah. cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. And um, so you got them here on earth, but you've also got them in heaven. And so I'm really yeah. proud of you, Chris. Definitely. Thank you, honey. So it. If, um, if people wanted to reach out to you, is there a way that they could connect with you?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram, but I, I can um, I can even give out a phone number. Um,
0: totally up to you.
2: Yeah, I can give out a phone number. It's uh 209-637-9113. Um and um I um a text or a phone call 209-637-9113. Um I take uh I take um recovery very seriously because people's lives are at stake. Yeah. And over the last year and a half I've lost four people to fentanyl. And it's a new phenomenon, and um, here we are, you know. And so, um, and and it and not only that is that I really, really believe in this transformational training. Um, I've enrolled four dozen people. Um, A lot of people from NA are starting to go down to LA. I'm trying to. It's going to be in Stockton next year for kids thirteen to seventeen. Okay, Uh, it's called the Torch Foundation. It's alive and well in LA. Torch Foundation. Torch. Torch.
0: Okay. And, and
2: and the thing is, is, uh, you know, COVID put a dent in things yeah. because they had to eliminate it in person. Everything went to Zoom. Mm-hmm. Now it's all back in person. So as time goes by this year, I'll be doing everything I can to get that to Stockton in Northern California.
0: Okay. Well, you'll have to you send know, us so, all that information yeah. and we'll, we'll share it out for sure.
2: Yeah. I'm also on Instagram uh, at uh, coach underscore CEC
0: 209. Okay. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes for sure. So, yeah, I think you would be a great resource for anyone that's listening, anybody that's going through a hard time. And, you know, this is, again, that example of that grief is not just death. Grief is mourning the loss of the life that you had or could have had or grieving the role of, um, you know, uh, innocence or grieving the Mm. gifts or there are so many different aspects. And yet through all of that, God is with us. He's walking with every step. The footprints are there when we're in the hardships. He's carrying us, and so you're a true testament to that, Chris. So I'm really glad, and I love you. Love you too. You know, you're you're like a brother to me. So Mm. thank you. We're gonna close right now with a prayer, and um, we're gonna do what we call our morning glory, as as the show is called. So let's first bow our heads, and then is there anybody that you'd like to lift up in prayer, whether it be somebody that's with you right now, or maybe there's somebody that you want to pray for a soul that has come before us, uh, any prayers that you want to offer up?
2: Um, <clears throat> I want to pray for Reggie and his health.
0: And I'd like to pray for uh, my siblings. Okay. I think that's beautiful. All right. Let us go ahead and begin in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Dear heavenly father, we thank you for this opportunity today. Um, we thank you for Chris's testimony. Um he is one of your your disciples. He has walked the walk. He is he has gone through the cross. He has bore his cross and he is continuing to carry it. We ask Lord that you help guide him and those that are also bearing their crosses that are struggling with addiction, recovery that are going through step by step, Lord, guide them and lead them and let them know that you have a plan for their lives that everything about them Is comes from you and that even in the hardship, there is still light. But even when the light is super dim, there is still light and it will bright. It will become brighter and and fill up the world with your love as long as you are there with them. We also want to offer up our friend Reggie and um, pray for his healing. And we want to offer up the uh, Curtis siblings that you keep them close to you, Lord speak to them, to the desires of their heart, meet them where they are in their journey and let them know that they are not alone. We also offer up the prayers for Jeanette Curtis, for Tom Simmons, for Debbie Capina, all the people that we have talked about today and for all those who don't have anyone to pray for them, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. And we're going to close with a a prayer that you mentioned to me um, that off the air the Our Father, which is such a beautiful prayer. So let's go ahead and close with that. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For the kingdom and the power and the glory of yours, now and forever. Amen. The father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Well, you know, I was going to say, what's your, we do this thing. What we call is like your morning glory, where you've come from the story of, of something that's difficult and how you've overcome it. But I think your entire story is a morning glory. So I'm, I'm almost inclined to put this as, as two episodes and kind of share a little bit of that because you have so much to give. But um, I just want to thank you again for being with us today And for anyone that is here, if you want to follow us, um, we have Instagram and Facebook. It's at Morning Glory Podcast and Morning Again is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. You can reach out to us as well. We'll make sure that Chris is able to connect with you. Um, Please make sure that you like and subscribe. And so we want to thank you for being here. We hope the shows that we bring you will bring you closer to one day be reunited. Until we meet again, God bless.
1: What a remarkable journey, Chris has been on. And I think back to that interview when we sat down, and the verse that keeps coming back to me is the verse from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then. I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. We don't always know why we go through what we go through. But as Chris discovered, all those things allowed him to draw closer to God. Would he have had the relationship he has today with God had he not gone through all the bad? Would he have fully surrendered and relied on God um, rather than his own talents and his own gifts? I think that's what I love about Chris's story the most, is that he wasn't just transformed physically or chemically or even emotionally. He was transformed fully by the Spirit. And like the poem, The Footprints in the Sand, God carries us in our hard times so that we're able to walk with Him side by side. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I really hope that this helps inspire you to look at your own journey with God and the, the paths and the, the difficult times that have been set before you, and that those are really just stepping stones to get closer to Him. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Andrea Bear. Until we meet again, God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to the Morning Glory Podcast. If you'd like to hear more episodes, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Morning Glory Podcast, or send us an email at morningglorypodcast at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-G-L-O-R-Y podcast at gmail.com. Until we meet again, God bless. Bless you.